Good morning, and thank you for joining me once again as we uh, continue our way into this uh, book of 2 Chronicles. And we are going to begin in chapter 12, and I'm, I'm going to do five chapters today. Uh, so there's a lot of material, and uh, as I was working through this this section and and uh, we're at the the point uh, the the kingdom has divided we've, we've seen kind of the conflict between Jeroboam and Rehoboam and and so uh, what we're going to see over the next several days is the uh, decline and the demise of, uh, of both kingdoms of, of the northern kingdom Israel and then ultimately the southern kingdom of, uh, of Judah and so kind of a quick overview of what we'll be doing uh, in these next uh, few days chapter 11 as we saw yesterday uh, closes uh, with uh, uh, the family of, of Rehoboam and uh, kind of his legacy uh, his, his wisdom as, uh, as a leader and uh, so you, you've got that. And then uh, chapter uh, 12 is going to uh, begin to, uh, to outline uh, basically uh, all of the problems that are, are going to come uh, to, to Judah, uh, kind of against the background of what's going on uh, in Israel. And it's certainly a, a tragic record of uh, kind of perpetual and, and repetitive uh, decline and apostasy is certainly a testimony to the faithfulness of God, uh, that God's uh, purpose is not going to be thwarted uh, by the faithlessness of, of men. He is ultimately going to fulfill his covenant promises uh, to bless and to punish, uh, corresponding to the obedience, to the repentance of, of the people. Uh, when they lapse into apostasy, he's going to do exactly uh, what he said he would do according uh, to the, uh, the terms of, of the covenant. And so we're going to see these repetitive uh, cycles. This, this tragic refrain is repeated often, uh, uh, speaking of a king, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And then therein begins uh, the decline. Uh, then the, uh, the rare, the, the, the occasional king who uh, did good, who did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And so uh, our focus today is going to be on these first uh, three chapters of chapter 12. And uh, uh, just kind of as our overview, we'll see the succession uh, uh, to the reign of Abijah. And uh, he is going to be uh, at, at war uh, with uh, Jeroboam and all of the conflict that's going to flow uh, out of that. And uh, during this difficult time, uh, God is going to show himself faithful there in the, kind of the middle of chapter 13. We see uh, the, the nation call upon the Lord, and he is going to deliver them uh, from uh, their enemies. And then chapter 14 introduces us to Asa, and verse 2 says that Asa did what was good uh, and right. But as we follow uh, the career of Asa, again, he he does uh, some great good, but yet uh, he is uh, he is tempted uh, to align himself 
uh, with uh, foreign uh, kings uh, uh, as he is, feels threatened by the, the northern kingdom, uh, by uh, Israel. Uh, we're told that uh, uh, Asa seeks to form an alliance uh, with the king of Syria, and he actually pays tribute uh, to him and establishes a covenant, something that God uh, said they were not to do, and Asa tragically uh, persecutes those who oppose him. And so uh, he is uh, has a, a great disease in his feet as a judgment uh, from God, and so uh, he, his, his life ends somewhat unceremoniously. Uh, and so, again, uh, not an unusual uh, way for the life of these kings to play out, even within uh, the life of individual kings. They, they'll have some good years, and then uh, for various reasons, they turn their back upon the Lord, and the Lord brings judgment. So back to, to what I said we would focus on today. Uh, three, three verses. Uh, here we find uh, that when the rule of Rehoboam was established and he was strong, he abandoned the law of the Lord, and all of Israel was with him. And in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, because they had been unfaithful to the Lord, Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem with 1,200 chariots and 60,000 horsemen, and the people were without number who came with him from Egypt, Libyans, Suklam, and Ethiopians, and he took the fortified cities of Judah and came as far as Jerusalem. Shemaiah the prophet came to Rehoboam and to the princes of Judah who had gathered at Jerusalem because of Shishak and said to them, Thus says the Lord, You abandoned me, so I have abandoned you to the hand of Shishak. Then the princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, the, the Lord is righteous. When the Lord saw that they had humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, and they have humbled themselves. I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance, and my wrath shall not be poured out on Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. Nevertheless, they shall be servants to him. They may know my service and the service of the kingdoms of the countries." So Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. He took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took away everything. He also took away the shields of gold that Solomon had made. And Rehoboam made in their place shields of bronze and committed them to the hands of the officers of the guard who kept the king's house. And as often as the king went into the house of the Lord, the guard came and carried them and brought them back to the guard room. And when he humbled himself, the when he humbled himself, the wrath of the Lord turned from him so as to not make a complete destruction. Moreover, conditions were good in Judah. And so we see again within the life of this first king of the divided kingdom that would reign in Judah uh, uh, because of, of his own pride. Uh, he he uh, when he felt secure in his own strength, he would turn uh, from the Lord. The Lord would bring uh, judgment. And again, the, the, the primary uh, purpose of these judgments was to prompt repentance. Uh, it was not to, to destroy. And of course, uh, when uh, these judgments provoke repentance, God relents. He says, I'm not going to destroy you, uh, but yet there's going to remain on the nation some consequences for their initial rebellion. And so here we begin to see the kind of the decline of the glory of the temple as, as uh, Shishak will uh, uh, take some of the, uh, of the, the treasures of the temple uh, away. And so uh, uh, 
Um, uh, but uh, again, just a, a terrible result of, of the sin and rebellion. But we see in uh, verse 12 uh, that he humbled himself. And so the Lord relented. Uh, the tragic end of, to this ver part of the story, though, uh, was that he did do evil once again when he grew strong. He turned away uh, from the Lord. And so this pattern of apostasy uh, was well established and the nation would suffer uh, for, uh, for 400 years. Uh, again, Second uh, uh, Chronicles begins with this uh, optimistic reign of Solomon, uh, but Second Chronicles will end uh, uh, with uh, the exile, uh, but even ending with the exile, uh, there's a sense of hope in that uh, it refers, the book refers uh, to this decree uh, that is going to allow the exilees to return uh, to their homeland, to return uh, to Judah as God promised. And so, uh, again, we're going to see a pattern. We're going to see uh, uh, the repeat of, uh, of, of uh, different ways that the, the nation will rebel. We'll see God's faithfulness, God's faithfulness to maintain his promise to David. But as always, we're going to be reminded that there's not going to be ultimate peace and prosperity apart from the perfect kings. Uh, none of the, these inadequate human kings are ultimately going to suffice. And, and really, there is a need of a better covenant, not because of uh, uh, God's part of the covenant, but because those that he has brought into this covenant are inadequate to obedience. And because of their disobedience, they're going to be punished. And so we anticipate this need for the, uh, for the new covenant that we see promised uh, by the prophets and fulfilled in the New Testament. So pray that this is a blessing to your day. And I will look forward to seeing you once again uh, tomorrow.